Two different dudes, different dads, same mother. That man is my, the man is my brother. Standard introduction and generic greeting, everyone. My name is Rob. This is Zay. And this is That Man Is My Brother podcast. Super popular show. Everyone loves it. It's trending on Twitter. Half a million followers. Top 10 on iTunes. Anchor sensation. Yada, yada. We'll, we'll get to that. What's going on in your world, broski? Well, I'm just excited that we are kind of like the fire festival right now. We have a lot of promises and really <laughs> nothing that is good. A perfect example of how we're going to run the show. Yeah. Nothing against you, Wolf Ja Rule. here. Yeah. You tried, Ja Rule. Good try, man. Uh, but yeah, no. So we're here. That's uh, me and my brother. I've done a podcast with him and his friends. So we decided that. Uh, our chemistry was nice, and yeah. we wanted to see what would happen if just me and him. Hasn't always been nice, but we, we've gotten to a point where we have a mutual respect of each other. Yeah, we're completely different people. It was a long, twisting path to get there, but you guys will find out all about that if you just keep listening to us, drone on about our meaningless existence. Yeah, his uh, his outlook on life and my outlook on life are pretty much opposite, but... We find yeah. similarities in, in where we're at and our differences. And Definitely. I think that's yeah. what made us people that we thought would have a good podcast because we could debate either side for either reason. So yeah. um, not only are we like if we come to something where it's all boring, I mean, him just agree on it the whole time. One of us will just take the other side and we'll just Yeah, go but you got to challenge each other. You always got to challenge in every kind of conversation. And that's that's why I'm doing this for. I, I've already done a podcast with my buddy Nate and Gabba and Joe over at Trouble Speak Podcast. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be shilling that a lot because it's my other show, too. Go check it out. Uh, we've, been speak. It, we've been doing it for a bit. My brother, Jose, he was he was on there with us quite a few times. Uh, a lot of fun shows. Just go check that out if you get a chance. Uh, Trouble Speak podcast. Um, so, yeah, we wanted to do our own thing here. Have a little bit more control. Freedom, control, yeah. Control of freedom of the product. And uh, do some things that we wanted to talk. You know, just do, some, do whatever we wanted to do, pretty much. Yeah, that's the best part about a podcast is you're your own boss. So if we have to sit here and be each other's boss, that's no fun. So how about we just go in? And I told my brother, he was like, Who was, who's going to host? And I was like, we're just co-hosting, bitch. And he's like, yeah, we need intros. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. We do need intros. Yeah, so, this, fool, this fool isn't familiar with the podcast thing. I've been doing this for 20 episodes. I'm, a, I'm like a fucking le- a veteran now of the podcast business, I feel like. We've had yeah. all our fucking ups and downs and problems. So when he talked about doing them, I'm like, there's a lot of things to go with it. Yeah, I'm mostly just the guest star. I come in, shoot a couple threes, bang bang, drop out. That's how that's, that's my that's my mo. So uh, this is gonna take a little bit more of my time, but I thought, hey, get to hang out with your broski, see what's up. Always a good reason to um, any anything is a good reason. Outside to hang out of with the UFC, we don't really have much that we hang out. And watch. That's true. That's very true. But we do love the UFC with some passion. So we'll talk politics too, and he'll rib me for voting for Donald Trump in the primaries. But there's a whole reasoning behind that that you'll find out too. Yeah. I'm, I, I mean, got to build the wall, man. Trump, I mean, or, <laughs> Trump or Hillary. I mean, that was a hard one. <laughs> that, was, that was a hard one. That was terrible. Um, but and, we're not going to get, yeah, the, we're not going to get into politics yet. We'll get into that another time. Uh, tell you a story about us. Um, well, we're pretty normal people. We both work. Uh, we both got kids. I got kids. Yep. Three here. Two. Uh, they're young. I'm not going to say their names. I'm trying not to anyway. Um, but we're two fathers. From different fathers with the same mother. That, I mean, it's in the song at the beginning that we yeah. were trying to sing that we're going to make popular and you're going to put as your ringtone eventually. But it really describes us pretty well. Not just two different fathers apiece, but we're two different fathers as fathers. We're and, two different people in general. And the best part about that whole thing is 
the the beginning chime what we have there it's actually from our arcade days where we went to the arcade all the time I mean, yes that's that's where me and this guy grew up first memories i ever had of him and my uncle robbie you know he was he's my uh he's my fucking mentor for so long and my, even my brother kind of like the father that we didn't have yeah he did a great job being our role model i mean i played sports with him i um I played video games with him a ton of the time. I mean, that was our main focus was video games. But he he didn't. He was four years older than me and didn't do anything really bad ever. Like I just remember him being a great role model, somebody I could look up to, and and he was super competitive. And and I think I got my competitive drive somewhat from him. Um, I met my father this uh, the last few years, so also maybe some from him. He seems to be be a pretty competitive guy, um, but I didn't know him growing up. So I I think my uncle did a great job. But that that whole uh, that man is mine. That man is my brother. Was from an old Neo Geo game at the arcade, and that uh, well, I'm still trying to find that soundbite. As yeah, soon as I do, it is going in the end. The thing is, we weren't we weren't playing that game. We we're playing Mortal Kombat, which was right next to it. But any arcade person knows from back in the day, yeah. all the all the the demo rolls. That's what they call them. I found out trying to search for this. But the demo roll is whenever. You, you're at the start screen of at the arcade and nobody presses anything. It usually takes like three or four seconds because they really want to show off their game so someone comes to play it. And then it goes to Guile and fucking E-Honda having a match and it's just the computer playing against each other to see how it goes. And sometimes they had videos or video packages, like especially the Japanese style of games. They always wanted to tell a story with, with the little art and animation so they had the terrible voice acting that, you know, that was still fantastic back then. And that was one of the things even I remember, you know, I'd be over there trying to play... Uh, Chuck Rock and Pac-Man and whatever other little kid games were while my brother and my uncle were killing everybody in Mortal Kombat, literally and figuratively. Oh, yeah, dude. I, but, could, I, could, I could stay for hours on two quarters. I mean, that, those are a different time when you think about it, and now now it's on the internet. You know, people can just jump on, play with anybody, and it's really awesome. It makes but, me question how good I really was. Because, like, I, I mean, I thought at the time that we'd be everybody in our town, like and, and multiple towns. Like, we'd go to... a Six Flags and go inside the arcade there and dominate everybody there too. So everywhere we went and played, like the only two people that were that gave us any trouble were, were each other. Like playing playing me against him was just like, oh my god, he was better than me. I'll give him that. He won more matches, but don't don't think I didn't win my my fair share. I think that goes to show too that back in the day before we had the internet, when someone was the best at something, it was hard to dispute that. So not only was that hard for people to really get a gauge on how things really were, but it also gave people a false oh yeah, uh, pleasure or improvement yeah. of themselves or, or, or respect for themselves because they think I might be the best. Yeah. They don't know for I'm sure. The best in the world. But now <laughs> you need you know right away. You go on YouTube and you look on there and you watch someone do a combo of a character and you're like, I'm complete shit at this game. Yeah. You immediately know you're not as good as that person. <laughs> And most likely, you're not going to be good as good as somebody else. But before you had that illusion, yeah. we're foolish as a people to where we can fool ourselves into believing anything. I believed it so much that I took like a six-year break from Madden, got back on Madden. I think I quit around like 2012, I think. And I came back on the Madden 25 year with Barry Sanders on it. And uh, I had two girls in that time period. So I watched a lot of Hannah Montana, a lot of Disney Channel. I stayed uh, away from that. I, yeah, I couldn't get away from High school musicals. Disney, uh, I ended up watching a lot of that stuff, so my my time my free time to play Madden was out the window. But uh, recently, I had a son. He's I guess it's not recent anymore. He's yeah, 10. that was a long time ago. But, now, so yeah, so yeah, so that that was when I decided, hey, let me try to play this, and I got online and got tore up. And uh, it's a different level. Yeah, it made me wonder, made me wonder about my my Madden skills. But I'm still game to play anybody, and I still gonna talk trash. 
I just remember in some of the games that I actually was good at, like UFC uh, Undisputed, the first one, I got really good in that, and I was you know top ranked, probably top five hundred. But I, I kept losing, and I kept making you know blaming the internet connection. I know everybody likes to do that. They, they're like, oh, the signal wasn't that good, but it just sucked to see that some people knew the game that much better than you. Yeah. And this this isn't just about nerdy shit like video games. This is about life in general. Sometimes. Whenever you get that, you see somebody else's view of the world or how, where they made it to, it can be a little bit disconcerting for you. It can make you feel like, man, maybe I'm not doing it right. When the thing is, you just got to appreciate where you're at. Well, you got to stop re- comparing yourselves to everybody else around. Well, is it, it's human nature, too, to want to have To be competitive. That. Yeah. Well, that or just at least the art of mastery. You know? Right. Knowing that you're good at something. like That's a that's a natural human desire. Like you know that, that If you go through your whole life and don't think you're good at anything, oh, man. You know, that's definitely going to be depression. It's going to be, you know, because there has to be something that you're good at. I, I know they always used to tell kids that, like, when they're trying to figure out what they want to be or what they want to do, there has to be something you're good at. You know, but but really, there has to be. You maybe haven't even tried it yet. But that feeling of mastery, like, I'll, I'll tell you what, growing up, because I grew up, you know, my uncle was probably 10, um, so I was like 5'6". And growing up with him throughout that time, like, when we played sports, we had to win when we played uh, video games we had to win so he forced kind of that idea of mastery um, i think it's because he's asian he was kind of like mentoring me maybe I don't know. <laughs> are you being racist to our own uncle right yeah, now he kind of he kind of miyagi'd me i'm not gonna lie i've always rooted for all of the asian people and anything like mma wrestling yeah. anything and i'm pretty sure korean it's because, zombie. Yeah, yeah korean zombie as soon as i think of that i think of my uncle robbie this is gonna be us gushing about our uncle rob a bunch on here just just to let you know robbie if you're listening we love you man you're yeah, like dude. our daddy yeah you were a big part of our lives man so shots out to you for putting up with me trying to tag along five years younger than you so someday you- before i die i will kill you with scorpio <laughs> I promise it's gonna happen you did make me a beast though at almost every sport so that was cool but enough about our uncle. Um, let's just skip right into what we were going to talk about before we started. I'm feeling loosened up now. Uh, we're wanting to talk about addiction. Uh, addiction in any kind of shape, form, whatever you want to call it. Uh, some people claim that they're addicted to marijuana, which is silly. Uh, That's a silly, silly thing. Some people smoke dick for crack. Uh, shout out to Bob Saget. Dude, have um, you, did you see his new show? I can't watch Bob Saget. He did. He did the Aristocats or Arist- Aristocats. I spent too much time with my kids. Or maybe Aristocrats. I need some, Aristocrats. Yes, yeah. He, he he loved to tell that joke, and that's pretty much his whole stand-up. He loves that pedophilia shit, and it's almost too much for me, man. He uh, he did has he, a new show. On, what do they do? I think it's on ABC, and it's called Videos After Dark. Oh God! So it's like a a m like a m m sixteen or whatever m sixteen plus mature whatever. There's no actual nudity. But or real profanity gets blurred out and stuff. But he's telling like penis jokes and like the videos are all like people with like their boobs are getting popped out and like or that like, guy is yeah. a sex addict. Dude, that's one thing. If we're gonna talk about addiction, that dude's a sex addict. He loves to talk about it and he's so creepy about it. He's got the whole dude, Danny well, Tanner thing still so working. Much, uh, plastic surgery on his face it's just like it's weird dude. you got the botox and all oh, that shit. man yeah i was like i was what because hulu just Fucking recommended Kore- it korean went, baby foreskin yeah i had watched like goldberg's or something and it went right into that and i'm like what am i watching what is and he's like he's like all i know is like 25 years ago they they fired me and i woke up this morning and drove right back to the studio and here i am i was like bob Saget, what are you doing you sold your soul man bob Saget's. uh oh, sorry bob man. if you're listening but sorry man that new show is really weird dude creep me out Plus, you got an audience in there. It's just weird, man. Weird. They're on the fake laugh script still, and he's like telling like really bad jokes. Like, 
So just him joking the whole time. It's not, and like, he's doing the voices for the videos, just like old America funny America's funny. But it's almost exactly that. It's just videos that were like too raunchy for America's home video. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, it's weird and bad. Not good. Not a good comedy. Sound like they're trying to cash in on nostalgia and failing hard on it. Yeah, and he has like a big old light up of his face, like a like a Bud Light sign, but it's his face. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. I gave it a shot, but it's just really weird. But yeah, addiction. It's something that not just drugs and alcohol and all the other fun things in the world, but it can also be things like sex, like Bob Saget, of course. Uh, P.B. Harmon, all those guys. Oh, yeah, the dude from Californication. Dude from Californication. Harvey Weinstein, you show. motherfucker. You're not, you're going to go down, too, with the black guys, you dirty son of a bitch. But anyway. Harvey's that bad? Harvey Weinstein is a piece of shit, dude. Yeah. And he's getting covered by Oprah. I'll get to that later, probably on my other I show. I were on a picture together or something. I didn't, I didn't She's look been giving it. him girl Like, there's pictures. You can find them anywhere online. Just type in Oprah and Harvey Weinstein. And there's always going to be those two, plus some nervous-looking girl in between. I'm oh, like, no. oh, no. And Oprah's like, here you go. She, so she was like plugging hard. She's at the top of this whole chain going on, but we're getting off to it again. I'm talking about addiction. So I'm, a, Oprah, I'm a dick. I'm Oprah's a dick. Like kind of like the reason for the Me Too. She's she's saying? like Mrs. Me Too, I think. Oh my goodness! But I'm addicted to conspiracy. That's another. That's another kind of thing oh, you can be addicted that's to. Rabbit holes, right or, there. Rabbit holes. I'll jump oh, down the motherfuckers, even though I know I'm gonna get a sprained ankle every time. I'm still gonna jump down it. Dude, well, so you can be addicted to. I, I think it has to do with endorphins. Anything that creates that endorphin of living. Or being dopamine. alive. Yeah, that dopamine. That's a good thing, though, man. But you get dopamine from lots of things. That's true. You can get it but, from sports and get it from... Yeah. I mean, everybody can get dopamine from different stuff. But it's really easy to get it from just something that you can just take real fast. It doesn't take any work. Oh, People yeah. want that easy dopamine, not the earned dopamine. That's the... Hey, I think that's, that's, that's actually really right. That's true. Yeah. Because I think I, once you've given, given up already on life and on trying to beat the addiction, then, yeah, what do you want? The quickest fix. Yeah. Get it to me. Your brain gets wired for a while to think, what's the fastest way to start feeling better? It doesn't think about long term. It thinks, I just need to get back to normal again. As soon as you take it, you're back to normal, but then it fades. Uh, we kind of talked about this on the show that I was on last night. Um, I I think people get addicted to things, get distracted by things. You know, People end up committing suicide. It's all for the, kind of the same reason. They try to fill their life with things that just aren't aren't actually doing anything good for them. Uh, we have this idea that it does good for us, and we'll trick our minds into it for a little bit, but the mind can only be tricked for so long. The one thing that everybody gets endorphins off of, though, is surviving, in my opinion. Survival is what it's all about. Well, right? not just survival, connection. Well, connection got to be a part of something. Right, you right. Know what I mean? like, and I think that's something that we do to addicts automatically. We take them out of society. Right. You know, and that I think that's, we already know, from you know the 1970s, the rat study, uh, when the, you know just a little bit of backstory on it, they gave a rat in a cage, just the rat there, option between water and water laced with heroin, and the like within like 15 days, the rat had overdosed on the heroin water. Okay, so then they said, oh, can't do anything about it. Chemical hook of heroin. Look how strong it is. You can't beat it. It wins. Uh, then they did a little bit later, like, like, I think it was 10 years later, another doctor scientist, sorry, I don't know his name, but he actually did a study where he's like, huh, let's see. Well, the rat's all by himself in a cage, pretty much like in jail. And he said, what if we give the rat other rats to hang out with, um, give, give them, them some more things to do, to do yeah, other than lots just of different cheeses, guzzle um, down that heroin water. Yeah. Mm -mm -mm. But still gave them the choice between the heroin water and the regular water. And there was no dependency throughout all of the rats. 
They would still use it every once in a while. But they slowly but no weaned off because they found something that but was they ne- No, they never even got dependent. Oh, really? Yeah, wow. that's how crazy it is. Like, they, never, none of them none of them grew dependency to it. So that's what, that's so addiction is possibly something that is real, but yes. maybe it's something that unlocks as you give power to it. And maybe it's not just addiction, but a lot of things with humans, how much power you're willing to give to something means how strong it can become. I, uh, I mean, I think I think how, how big that that state that that study is when I think about it, because what what we do in, in, is take people out of the environment. You know, so if we find out. Uh, if I found out my brother was doing drugs and he was addicted, what's my thing? Hey, man, you got to go away to rehab. Boom. That's if I catch him. Okay, let's say the cops catch him. What do they do? Boom. Arrested. Put in prison or jail. Uh, given a record. A war on drugs. Given a criminal record. Yes. Given, and then he gets out. Prison and now system. it's going to be harder for him to get a job because he has going to have a record. So I'm more likely to get Plus, back he's that still business. demonized by society because yep. they see that and they see drugs on it. And they're like, oh, this guy's a loser. You know, so it's just weird what we and do. And what do you turn to whenever you're down? Yeah. The well, cycle you, continues. The cycle, and that, that, that's... I mean, when you say that we don't do much besides that, though, I got to take you back on that one because I remember being in school and we had the fucking dare thing every fucking year. Yeah. But, Everybody knows that this shit is bad for you. But How, is it, though? Whenever it fucks up your life like it does to the people around here with us and the opioid crisis, the fucking meth that's all over southern Illinois, it, yes, it does ruin a lot of fucking lives. Most people are not smart or healthy enough to be able to take advantage of these things in a healthy way. They use okay. it, they abuse it, and they ruin their lives. Okay, and that's that's, fair I, to that's say. one of the reasons I think it's still outlawed for is because what about what the, about like LSD? That's why we have or, na- or, or mushrooms. They call it a nanny law for reasons because they're watching over us, but they're watching over us because the majority of people are still pretty freaking dumb. So if we do legalize a lot of things, which I think we should just because Well, it's crazy that then, a lot of like scientists, a lot of like really like important people now are microdosing the psilocybin. Yeah, because they understand the effects of it and they're using it in a controlled yeah, substance and they understand way. it. When you're using yeah. it and you understand it and you know what you're doing, it's all right. It's the people well, that they have just, that company too that like where they give you like where they have like a mushroom coffee that has like lion's mane mushroom in it and like uh, another mushroom I can't remember the name of it right now but have it in the coffee blend for you so you're drinking mushrooms so none of it's hallucinogen but it's still stuff from mushrooms I mean so it's crazy and now you're just making me hungry for like a mushroom burger or something like I don't that like mushrooms I, I tried mushrooms my, I tried my first fried mushroom you don't like any vegetables corn green beans peas there's a couple man I'm not a big fan we'll be right back who really is a big fan of vegetables I mean that's the question though like that's <laughs> I told you what I like. Just a couple. Corn on the cob or frozen corn, not canned corn. Is That is a big difference. Uh, also, I like actual real green beans, not in a can also because they're also better frozen. So that's what I got to say. True about story that. about green beans. We just had green bean casserole tonight out of out of cans, and it was delicious. Well, casserole I think is different. I don't like casserole personally because what, what's in the casserole? There's something I don't like in there. Mushroom soup. Oh, that's probably – yeah, see? All right. We know how much you love mushrooms, so yeah, yeah we're so, back, guys. Yeah. Uh, we're going to go back to addiction again. And we're addicted to stray roads that don't go anywhere that's important to anybody else besides ourselves. So Yeah, th- we thought this was going to be a really fun adventure of where we go. So um, just get, just we're just going right off the hip. So it's been really fun. Like uh, just, just chatting here, man, with my bro. So, uh, But to get into something serious, man, that's what we're here for. We're here to talk about things that actually may help somebody that listens to it. So if there is somebody out there that is struggling with addiction, Definitely. Uh, or know somebody struggling with addiction, which 
you know, with if you look Everybody at the statistics, did. you know, you go on your Facebook, you're all destroyed by depression. Yeah, depression's horrible too. Gosh, there's so no offense things. to anybody on my wall, but it's, it's God, hard, you guys, no. man, we feel for you. That's what we're trying to say. Like, uh, uh, that's what we're here. We're here to try to show the other side of addiction, not the side that's being shown as people are just weak or or people are just lazy or people have just given up. You know, there's there's a lot of factors that go into addiction, um, and it's not just the chemical hooks. You know, there is chemical hooks that that has been scientifically proven, but it's also been scientifically proven that that if there is a actual life, if you're living a meaningful life, you have less time and less room for the things to the the time to escape. I guess perhaps uh, the less you want to escape, the more meaningful your life is. Uh, Joe Rogan was on his podcast talking about he had a gaming addiction, and then now he said he just, he's starting to play again, but he just has more more things. He's busier. So it's not like, uh, right. like how he felt. It, it doesn't was take before. over his life anymore. No, no. I mean, he's still some so of those MMOs addicted. are terrible. You know, I got into one for a couple of months, World of Warcraft, and man, I just I spent way too much time on it. It was right after I got out of the Navy. I didn't want to do anything. You know, I went to war and fought for our country and thank you for everything. You blah blah blah. That's that's all I think about any of that time. I hate that time. But I got back and I just was a lazy slouch. I didn't do shit besides just get online and try to live a life that wasn't what I was doing. I was just happy to be off the damn boat. And after about two months, finally, I said, you know what? I need to get out of here. I'm going to be stuck here. Thank God I did because some people don't. And I mean, we've known, you've seen and heard many stories about EverQuest and all these other people leaving their kids behind and all that. Just What happened with EverQuest? I'm not familiar. Back, back in the day, there was a game called EverQuest. It was before World of Warcraft around, you know, and... People would play it just constantly over. over was it first person shooter? No, it no. was it was like World of Warcraft, go around adventure, level up, all that kind oh, of okay, stuff. Okay, okay, and you can just play it forever. People and meet it, people, right? Um, can you like interact with other people? Yeah, yeah. Get, okay, it had okay. a side name of called Evercrack because uh, it was so gosh. good that people just couldn't stop playing it. Like there are stories about parents who had kids and they just left their kids in the fucking crib for twenty four hours straight, forty eight hours straight. The what? kid died, or they go back and. Like fucking choke the kid to death before like they die in a dungeon or something. All oh kinds of just God. horrific stories involved in it. Wow, you gotta know, read up on that. Over in like Korea, somebody died playing uh, Counter Strike for more than twenty four hours straight or something like that. Or I forget which game it was, but they were playing so long that they had like a brain aneurysm or something. So are you serious? Long term gaming, it's just it takes a lot to game, even wow. if you're just looking at a screen. And man, some people just need to learn. <laughs> there's there's a certain amount you can do. Yeah, my, but that, my son has issues. You get addicted to them though, and they make them. So Fortnite, good. I mean, man. Fortnite is the new Evercrack. Before Fortnite, it wasn't as bad. But. I, I watched this video on YouTube, and it was just a silly thing. But uh, it was at a school or something, and the teacher had a camera and looking at all the little boys sitting at the table, just being good little boys. And then she says, "Who likes Fortnite?" And they all sprung up out of their chairs and immediately started those stupid fucking dances oh, that I can't those stand. Dances the, the floss bomb. and. Yeah. Uh, the L on the forehead, the and they all like just the immediately went into it. Rhythmic person, I can't dance at all. Like all ten kids immediately, and I feel like if you're a young boy at this point in age, you're not playing Fortnite, then you're the loser. Yeah, and that makes me kind of sad because well, it's crazy too because my son is like, I honestly, I guess he's the best at his school, which that's what I expect if he's going to spend this much time playing. But uh, no, no bias at no all. No bias, no. But like I, all his friends will come up, man, your son, he's the best at Fortnite, blah. And they're over here when they stay the night, they just sit and watch him play. And I'm just like, okay, I get it. He's getting that sense of mastery. You know, that's what that game has given him. It's given him a tribe. 
because he has like his own team that goes it out and plays respect. people. I mean, it's yeah, it's the stuff that we used to get in regular society, but we're not getting it now. So guess where we get it in the social world? Just like Facebook, man. And I don't do the uh, good point Twitter or uh, Instagram, which I think I will. Start I'm all over Twitter. Show. You need to get on yeah. there with me. Yeah, tag team, be fun. Super Mexican Brothers. I know it's an actual podcast, and I hate you guys for taking that name I from know, us. Man. We, I always made him be Luigi, man. I was Luigi Mario all the time, forever. Yeah, player two. Luigi was such a good character, though. Not only was he awesome, but John Leguizamo played him in the yeah. Super Mario Brothers movie. That was so awesome. it was actually was yeah. a Latino reference. Yeah. So I could be like, yes, great. I am Luigi. We didn't have a lot of role models growing up, bro. <laughs> no. Mexican? Yeah. They're, no. Yeah, Ricky Ricardo, he's a Cuban. That's the closest we can get to Latino. I can't think of any. Aladdin? <laughs> and you know, and maybe that's just because we grew up. Well, that's the story story to be known, though, is that my mom is white. My dad is Hispanic. Yeah, let's tell that story. So, um... My mom actually had me at 15. Um, my we'll dad was like 21. Um, so you could see that there was probably some um, negative vibes uh, with that relationship. But uh, I was conceived in Hawaii. Um, and then my mom was only 15. So my, my grandpa. 15. Jesus yeah, Christ. 15. Yeah, I'm surprised I'm here. I wasn't one of those, those abortions. Yeah, yeah, we weren't a fucking statistic. Yeah, could have been, man. Really easily. Not here talking to you guys, so. Um, you can tell that we have issues with that subject alone, as as we do with many others. But um, the the point of the story is that so we uh, we came back to California then at that point. Yeah. So well, I forgot where I was going. <laughs> <laughs> what were we just talking about? I forgot. I don't know. Oh man, we ruined it. We need to erase this. This is called. <laughs> A beginner's episode where things like that are going to happen sometimes. But I'll, I'll bring I really want to know where we were going there. I thought I had a we'll be right back. So you were saying? Yeah, that really got off the tracks, man. Sorry about that. Well, what I was trying to say was, after I chewed this ice to the microphone, was that Crunch. I uh, I didn't have a Mexican father around to teach me any Mexican heritage also. So maybe that's also why we didn't have Mexican role models to look up to. It might not have just been... That there weren't any, but the thing <clears throat> is, whenever I was young, I didn't recognize that that's what I was doing. I didn't realize that I was gravitating towards the brown people, but I was because they look like me. And I think that's a natural thing for anybody to do. White people are going to want to see white people representing them. Black people are going to want to see black people representing them. They may be able to appreciate other races on there, but whenever it's your own, it just you. It's easier to put yourself in that position. And it makes it more enjoyable in some ways. Yeah. So, I mean, diversity and representation are nice and all, but... You think that's why they had the whole Barbie issue? Like, having to change her measurements and then also her skin color and, like, all that? I don't know. This world loves so much fake shit. I don't know why they get mad at Barbie. Barbie is the perfect representation of what our world's become, what America's become, and what people in general have become. What, just a white plastic doll? No, just people with plastic opinions and plastic reactions. Uh, people love artificial. They, they want everything to come in that nice artificial TV size bite, and they don't want it to be messy. They don't want it to be unnatural. They so just, is this in their in their way of getting news? You're saying like the way they get take take in information. I don't know, but we'll, let's get back to addiction. Okay. Uh, we were talking about mom a little bit and talking about where she, where Jose was going, but. Our mom was addicted to Mexicans, apparently, because we're both... <laughs> yes, both Latinos. Both, we're both Mexican. Different fathers. 
Um, both of them pretty much weren't around. So we, uh, my mom did a hell of a job, I guess, keeping us alive. So we made sure to breed of white people though. So we could dilute our peoples just like the rest of my family. I didn't. My girl's Mexican. Whatever. <laughs> They're all quarter whites. Yeah. We're only half, half whites. We got half. She really is Mexican. She's just really light skinned. That's true. But sometimes we get addicted to the labels, uh, Mexican, gay, straight. Republican, Democrat, any name you want to throw out there, it brings out a certain response to it. And people get addicted to that whole tribalism mentality in general. Uh, they like to choose it's sides a on. It's a, it's a human need right there. Being like a, being dem- a tribe. Especially Democrats and Republicans right now. People love to be on one side of the argument or the other. And if you disagree now, it's not just, okay, I disagree, agree to disagree, and let's move forward. Now it's, you're no longer my friend. We we've let uh, disagreements destroy us. Well, it's kind of it's kind of neat what they've did actually. Yeah, I mean, it's... watch just like this. Watch, look, you are racist, and then you say something back, like, "No, I'm not racist," and I say, "I was going to say you're a spick, but well, yeah, <laughs> that could be also said. But but then all I have to say though is, instead of having to actually win the argument, I say, "I don't talk to racists." Boom. Guess what? I just won the conversation. It's over. Right. You know, so, I mean, that's what's really going on right now is people are just getting a label, labeling somebody with it. And then instead of, like, debating and actually having conversations back and forth, it's like, you're like, hey, this person doesn't have the same views as me. I want that taken off. That person should be banned. Right. That person should be, that stuff should be taken off. It's just it's sad, man. I mean, everybody reacts to different words and different stimuli. You, you can hear anything and immediately start thinking something crazy. Like, you can say universal basic income, and then all of a sudden you start thinking of some Asian man who's running for president. I'm going Yang. My brother is a Yang Yang banger. I'm a Yang banger, man. I like his ideas, man. Good ideas. I mean, he's trying to give me money. It seems like uh, Trump wants to give the Jews money, and uh, Kamala wants to give the blacks money, and Yang wants to give everybody money. So, I mean, yeah. someone's getting paid here, and we already know who has most of it. So they let's, let's give it to the other two. Maybe one of the other two sides. Yeah, I, I just think we should go Yang. He's looking. He's going to bankrupt man. the shit out of us. Are you serious? Yeah. I'm ready for it. Where the fuck's that money coming from? It's from all the big companies, he said. Everybody's addicted to free handouts. He's getting it from like That's Amazon and stuff, and then he's going to tell them it's going to come back to him in, in retail dollars. Everybody wants some free dollars. I blame Bernie for this shit, man. <sighs> Bernie's like Mr. Free Shit. Man, he got me too. I was like, he's like the <coughs> the neo-Ron Paul, but Ron Paul was the true goat. I'm, I'm, I'm addicted to politics that ever since Ron Paul got into the business and showed me that there could be somebody who's a little bit different. But then I saw what the media did to him, and then I got addicted to conspiracy because then I started seeing what the fuck was going on. Yeah, and it's just who really wants that job? Like you got to question anybody that wants to be the president. Who wants to do that? Just for the sake of power, it's it's a prestigious title. There's to no have. way to win, man. That's a that's a winless job. You win as soon as you get in there, even if you lost. Your name goes down in the record book as being president of one of the most powerful powerful fucking. Cor- I was going to say corporations because yeah. that's what we are now. Most powerful business. country in the world. Yeah, but man, I don't know. It'd be a hard fucking job. It really it was, is no win. It was funny. I heard somebody tell a joke, and it was like Trump talking to his family about him going to be president. And he's like, "Cause we got to." Stop staying at taking all these trips. We gotta stop staying in all these fancy hotels. We gotta stop sleeping with all these women, you know. And they're like, "Why?" And he's like, "Oh, cause I'm gonna be president." And they're like, "Like it's like, what are they giving up?" You know, it's like, who wants to do that? Have somebody watching you twenty four seven, man. I don't know. Seems like a lot to give up for 
I mean, he's been on reality TV for a while, so he likes having eyes on him. He likes having the attention. Anybody who's in any of those positions has to love attention. If you didn't, then why would you even be in there? It just seems like a winless job. Uh, Another winless job is one that you can't properly take care of yourself because a job holds you back in what you're able to do. Jobs and corporations in general tend to have quite a stranglehold on what we can do. Our First Amendment definitely gets gets affected you know on social media now you can't say whatever you want and it's understandable to a point but then it gets taken advantage of uh, we've seen it all over the place people getting losing their jobs for things they've said online because the public didn't like it and it's just a new crazy way for them to have control over us uh, did you see roseanne's new stuff what did she have man i can't quote it right now so i don't want to say it wrong but she said some new stuff that was pretty crazy it's like she was like, all right, I'm already out. I'm going to say what I want. You just, now that she's beyond the veil. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was kind of nice. I was like, cool, she's staying hard. You see, we have this opioid crisis that's really taking over right now. And everyone's talking about trying to fight it. And Trump's talking about wanting to fight it. And everybody's wanting to fight the opioid crisis. But who, who's really standing up for it? Are the businesses helping out in any way, shape, or form? I don't think so. I'm pretty sure they're in big pharma's back pocket. The reason I say that for is because of our drug policy that we have at most of our jobs. I'm, I'm seeing more and more, and I'm hearing stories about different jobs that allow you know, marijuana and things like that, but there's still quite a few out there that don't. And it's unfortunate because it does work as a substitute for some pains that some people have. Not all of them, but for some of them as an alternative to take, an alternative medicine to you know opioids and anything that they, they yes. can be addicted to. And right now, the job says, hey, you have a prescription for that opioid, you can take that, and it can keep fucking up your life, and you keep working here. Or you can try that, you know, marijuana, that weed, that evil, nasty green thing over there, and we'll we'll fire you. We'll fire you for trying to find a healthy alternative. That's a crazy amount of power for a corporation to have over a human being, saying you cannot heal yourself via alternative methods, or we will ruin your life. Are people realizing that's where we're at at this point? Stop thinking about, oh, what this is and what that is. Just look at it for what it is. People can tell you how to heal yourself, and they'll get away with it. And everybody will just assume that that's just, that's okay. We've accepted it. That's the reality, and there's no way to fight it. I think I've seen even, like, in uh, Colorado still, there's still places where, like, because it's completely recreational is completely legal there, but there's still jobs in that area. Cause on a federal level, it is still yeah. legal too. And you, there's still places so in Colorado and yeah. California and those other places getting, yeah. getting ransacked by the government by saying, no, you can't have this, even though the wow. state's allowed it. Wow. Yes. Yeah, so that is a lot of control, you know, and I wish like, there's enough data to show that marijuana would be a better choice than opioids. It's, it's, not, it's not a matter of whether it's good, better or not. It's a matter of, we should have the choice of being able to heal ourselves in whatever way means possible. Especially if it is something that grows <laughs> naturally. Something that has less damage on us. Let's look at that. That's what we're trying to stop, right? Yeah. Damage from happening to us as a people. What's causing more damage? They want to try something that's going to damage them less and possibly help them? you got to at least let them try. But I mean, aren't, It's aren't not the... up to the corporation to decide whether or not it's going to work or whether it's effective. There's, there's other methods they can change to protect themselves, Yeah, but the doctors too. only get paid by the companies from... You know, to write certain scripts. And then we're know? back to Big Pharma again. That's what and it is, though. I think that's the it, biggest problem. I remember is. talking about Big Pharma a while back. You know, everybody's been talking about it for quite a while in the conspiracy field. But I remember talking about it and people looking at me like I was crazy. 
whenever I tell them about how much pool and how much they ha- they have over the world. And now I talk to people and it's just, oh yeah. Yeah. They won. We, we, everybody completely accepts. It's kind of like 9-11. You know, people talk about 9-11's inside job. It's like, ah, yeah, you're right, dude, but whatever. Dude, okay, that's so funny. I was just listening to something the other day and they were talking about how America, I think it was like 1930s, I want to say. Oh, 1930s. They were, um, they were trying to get Mexico to take the ban, do the ban all drugs and do everything because they didn't agree with what we were doing. They were like, no, what you guys are doing isn't working. You so know, people were going down to Mexico and evading <laughs> the rule. So we were, yeah, so we were getting them to go. Um, we were we we were trying to get them to use our rules. Well, they wouldn't they wouldn't do it. So then, what we did at the time to get them to bend our rules and then make all the drugs illegal over there also, which now causes the cartel, which causes all the, the all the deaths in you know in Mexico, all the you know the power shifts there's been since all of this time period. Um, what we get out, you know, how we did that, we said okay, all the opioids pretty much at that time, and all like the uh, you know drugs that actually were needed were made in America. So we just refused to give them any more drugs. So then people right. in their country started dying. So kind of a trade so, embargo. Yeah. We just didn't give them what they needed. And then they had to break at one point and they said, fine, we'll take, we'll adapt to rules also. And look where it's gotten them. Did they, was it like sanctions? Like actually public no, sanctions? No, it, it was, was they it? had to change their laws on drugs because they didn't have the same laws. They didn't want marijuana illegal in their country. Right. And then we, we forced we all of our, them. We strong Yeah, into... that's how we did it. We said, okay, well, cool. Um, you don't get any more morphine or, or any you know opi- opioids from us. We're not going to ship them to you anymore. Well, then people in the country started dying. you know. And then so they're like, all right, you win. We need the drugs. So we're going to adapt to your rules. And now look what we have. They had cha- they've had chaos since then. Using people's the, political tools the to gangs, get a motive. Yeah, the gangs there, the cartel. Like you go anywhere and they'll be like, ooh, this area is, you know. And I don't know how. how I still, all I still it is, see so. horror stories about the cartel, yeah. the Mexicans uh, down if in you, Mexico. If you know how much power they have in, in Congress and in, in their political government there, oh my God. People talking about open border on Mexico. And I, I, I love there was my guy, Mexican heritage and everything, but I hear about their cartel situation down there and I'm like, Jesus Christ, you know. Well, we not just, not, not just, I know that, but just. Not just hearing about it, but actually seeing it. You know, I, I scavenge the dark places of the internet, and I see videos that don't usually make it to mainstream. And I see the kind of shit that happens, and I'm just like, Jesus Christ. These people, the people that are doing some of these butchers and cutting off heads and tongues and stacking them in a row, they're monsters. They're animals. Not the Mexican people. Those people. Yeah. Those people. Yeah. Well, and it's just it's crazy. Like, there was a guy on, taught, he had went and spent some time in Juarez, and... uh <laughs> he was he wanted to go see some of the like uh some of their hitters you know like the assassins there or whatever and he was like oh you don't get it man he's like if they want people killed they just pay the, they just pay the police right so he was like they don't even kill anybody anymore the police kill so the police and the cartel have a deal worked out yeah pretty much like the movies we've seen just come to come yeah. to life yeah yeah he said exactly how it is he's like no they're not doing the killings you don't get it man they just pay the police to go to it. like in the like in their society when you're growing up. In you that think society, it's only the cartel and the mafia that does that? What about uh, our political oh, mafia that I'm we sure, have? I'm but, sure they do the same thing. Think about it there now. Like you're like, okay, cool. Do I want to grow up? Oh, uh, what kind of job do I want? Well, then like a lot of these kids are thinking, I want to grow up and become a policeman because they get paid from the cartel, like, so they know they're gonna make bank by going and killing people. So it's just like, what kind of thing have we created there, man? We we really we really went the wrong direction with that. I mean, that happened with a lot of things that America's done. We strong um, armed the whole world on it, man. A lot of stuff that's happening in the Middle East, and a reason why it blew up is, I mean, we got in there after nine eleven, but we were over there before then too. Uh, but uh, George 
senior was in there and he started the whole conflict over there in Middle East and brought it to rising, you know, brought it to another level. And then it, his son came in there and brought us back and got us further. Obama came in and drove us even further in there. Yeah, surprisingly, it's stalled now with Trump. The whole Syria issues, I mean, they haven't went past Syria and they're still trying to make it to Iran, but we haven't quite made it there. Uh, they're addicted to that land grab, that uh, the poppy fields that we have our soldiers guarding out there from their people. They're addicted to the oil. I mean, Saudi Arabia, Israel, America. It, if you look at the Bible, they don't look like the good guys. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not a biblical person, but I know my Bible. And I look at who they say the big evil is. And I'm like, damn, I mean, I don't want to say it's us. But because the other side don't look too good either. No. I, I don't. I don't see a good side. And I don't know. We have it pretty good. Yeah, we have it pretty good. We got to admit. There's a lot of worse places. We have it pretty good, but not all of us. Not, not every American, yeah. But I guess we. I guess there's the, for, it's hard to say, but I would say for most people, there's that chance that they could make it here in America still. So the American dream, I still feel like, is alive. I don't know. What do you think about that? What do you think? That's a big, that's a big statement. That the American dream, is it dead or alive? Yeah. I think it was never alive at all. Oh, I think it was always just a dream. It, it, was, it was a dream. The whole country. It like, was a dream to aspire. It was a dream to do about better. Boston Tea Party, the Boston Massacre. You're saying none of that was for, for the American dream? But that was when we had dreamers. Now we now we don't want to allow dreamers in the country. And more than just the way of speaking about Mexicans and stuff like that, but dreamers in general, we don't have dreamers anymore. Yeah, but would you say that? I mean, what you say? I would still say, like, people, a bunch talk, of if you talk to other people that come here, the most of the reasons they come here is so they can have a chance to, like, be an entrepreneur, pretty much. And I still think there's, if you work hard enough and do, I mean, not for everybody, maybe, but I got to say for a good percentage, if you put the work in, in America, it pans out, man. Like I say, it pans out for everybody. You got you to gotta work harder than the next man. That's still true. Nothing's going to get handed to you. But I still think the American dream is in your grasp. I think one thing everybody needs to learn to get addicted to is the thrill you get of surviving, of hustling, of working, and putting yourself in an uncomfortable position so you can move forward a little bit. Oh, man. What, what do, you, uh, I don't know, do you see the percentages it, of that, of how many people actually enjoy going to work? It's horrible, man. I mean, yeah. Nobody I mean, enjoys their job. It was like, I think 12% of people enjoy what they do. And they're probably people who do the work themselves. Yeah. Work for themselves. yeah. Well, that's the other thing was uh, they, uh, they had this company that made bikes, you know. And they were they fixed all the bikes, and they, the manager was there, and they just noticed that the manager made a ton of money. But they fixed all the bikes, and they were like, "What's going on here? Like, what does he even do?" Pretty much. So then they, uh, so then they decided to make their own company where they shared everything, and then their company blew up. You know, so it's just they had. It says like when you go to work and you're not in control of anything when you get there, like that is that's like a big defeat for a person to have to go right, and right. Like if you don't get to control any of the things that happen in that that environment you got to make them feel like they're involved in the process right? <laughs> yeah. it's very important for anybody every everybody's jobs are there thankfully my job ha doesn't have that problem whatsoever it's wonderful and i never have any of these issues yes his job is also it's it's great and uh <laughs> winners off that's sweet yeah i do get winners fourth off. of july it's pretty nice he's chilling i'm, I'm chilling yeah. like a villain sometimes when you're in there the grass always looks greener on the other side but that's true. There's, you know, 
he has a job where he can support his family and his wife doesn't have to work. So that's that's pretty damn cool in this uh this economy. So the other half give him of the props cup, for man. that, man. Gotta yeah. give him props for that. So, cause it's hard, man. It's hard. I have three yeah, kids. So I see other people, and they got to have like two jobs, three jobs between two different people working all the time. Nannies, grandmas, and everybody else watching their kids. And look, thankfully, I'm able to work, and my wife can stay home willingly because she wants to, not because I'm forcing her to or anything like that. Yeah, that's awesome. But she can take care of the kids, and I can work, and we're able to make it. So, I mean, it. I I'm nothing special. I I'm really not. I'm just a normal ass guy and I'm making it in this world. I'm trying to, I mean, you know, kind of just to wrap up a little bit. Uh, I'm trying to spread the spread, spread my knowledge that's helped me get to where I'm at. I'm also wanting to spread my knowledge of what I know about the political field and conspiracy field. Cause I've read a lot. Um, I'm not claiming that I'm the truth or anything like that, but you know, I, I want to talk more to people and start reaching people and having those conversations. I'm always on Twitter. You can find me, uh, at speak underscore trouble or you can also find us at our new uh twitter account that we have for this page i just set it up before we started up here um i'll have that at sign for you in another at another moment (laughs) but look look on look on twitter you'll see it uh batman is my brother podcast uh we're new we're getting started and it's a little clunky right now but we'll get there at some point in time you you got any other thing you wanted to say yeah 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 i do he's trying to kick me out here oh, go ahead. he's a lot older than me i'll so. let you finish up i just didn't have anything else to say about it no he's super old um there's so many things to say about addiction but what, what we were what we're trying to do is just say that the system that we're using right now does not work uh we've proved that it does not we have not beat the drug problem the war on drugs has not worked i would say like almost everybody would agree to that but then i would say almost everybody would agree <clears throat> that it's not a good idea to decriminalize any other drug besides marijuana so um, I wish we would look at some of the other countries that have Portugal, Switzerland. Um, they have decriminalized heroin and actually have beat the crises that they faced in their countries. So if we could just take a look around at some of the models that have already been used, um, if we would look at the scientific data that shows that what we're doing by taking them, putting them in a cage similar to that rat um, experiment, um, and then when they get out, they're ashamed. It's a, they have a record now. Um, we're pretty much taking them out of everything is that connection is the big thing. Like you got to be a part of something. You got to feel like you're, that you mean something. And I think that the, the, this, the war on drugs that we have right now is the complete opposite. It's pretty much telling you you're worthless. I can't believe you're so weak that you let the drug beat you. You know, it, it's not that it's not that sometimes when people turn to these things, they're in really bad shape. Um, there was this one person, I can't remember famous actress though, but she, uh, she got addicted to heroin at a really young age, but she said it saved her life. You know, so that's a weird uh, way to look at a drug um, that is so demonized. Um, but she said she wanted to kill herself, and she started doing heroin and didn't want to kill herself anymore. So it's kind of weird. Um, Give weird her that take. euphoria that she knew that existed still, that she could still feel a certain way. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, she, she got to live still. Yes. Yeah, it worked. It's a hard way to look at it. I'm not saying heroin. Go out not and the heroin. best way to find it out, but shit. No, but it's, it's a true story. Works, but that's, that's what's so great about it. Like, doesn't I work think, for everybody, but maybe it works for some people. No, but I think that's the big thing is, is like we don't think of the numbers of, of deaths as people, as stories. And if we could think of them as people, you know, because, man, I think all I can't think of an era where us as humans haven't searched for some way to um, get a euphoria. I mean, if we look back through all the dynasties, I mean, opium. It was huge, right? Like uh, you know, everybody's chasing. Everybody's chasing it. They said there was uh, the only place where things didn't grow naturally was for the uh, Inuits, and they would starve themselves. So that way they start they having get some kind of yeah. yeah. 
I had, I was like, what the hell? That's a crazy thing. So like, it's a natural urge and people to have those feelings to, to, to leave, you know? So it, that's what I was saying at the beginning of this, just yeah. to finish but up. Everybody's one. a regular person, man. We got to think of these people as people. I think that I, that's something I took away from some of the podcasts I've listened to on this subject. And um, there are people trying to heal, trying to self-medicate, yeah. trying to heal from the problems that we have in this world right now. We have so much fake stuff going on and so many, so much weirdness. Uh, we have it easier than ever, but we gave away a lot of our freedoms and our natural animalistic instincts are rejecting it from the inside. And we're trying to fight against that, that animal and act like it doesn't exist anymore. We are still animals when it comes down to it. And I'm not saying that we evolved or that we didn't evolve or that we did. I don't give a fuck. I don't, I don't give a fuck. We are still of the animals We're we have primal needs and whenever they're not met, we turn to other methods to get them. Well, it's funny because the way we always say that we're like the, the master species is because we say that we can recognize ourselves. We have the biggest we ego. The, I'll yeah. say that. But do we think that like the other animals don't recognize their own life? And I mean. I think they haven't like, made. They're just going about life and they're just surviving. Like I, know, I was saying, man. that's their whole life is just. It seems weird that we say eat, we're, drink, like, we're like we're the masters. Sleep. We're the master species because we know about ourselves. We know we made it we complicated. Ourselves, yeah. We we know that we we are the only ones that question our existence. I think that's what is was what another put there. But I don't know, man. I don't know how true that is. How do they know that? We don't know. Just how do you know? On, how do you know what they think? It's no. always based on our ego, a man's perception of what and is dolphins. good. And dolphins what? seem pretty human. Yeah, they got, they seem like they got it made. Yeah, all the animals no, they're just make. But then again, they could get eaten by a fucking shark or something. Shamu at any point in time. Yeah. We don't have to worry about that. We get a long life to ponder all this bullshit and make stupid ass things like podcasts. Bears uh, can get us though. Like, thank you guys for joining us tonight. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Wolves, wolves, coyotes. They they can coyotes. Packs, dude. All right, hey, thanks for listening, guys. See you later. Peace.